And verse number 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. Let me read it again. But without faith, it is impossible. Now, if something is impossible, it can't be done. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. Go to Mark 11. Mark 11. We're going to start reading this morning verse number 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Pray with me this morning. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we would know what's the hope of the Lord. And what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what's the greatness of your power to us who believe? According to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places, and ask that you grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your Spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you for divine utterance this morning. I ask that you would help me to communicate the heart of the Father to us, your people, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Jesus makes a profound statement to his disciples. Now, they've just been going back and forth to Jerusalem, and something phenomenal has taken place that really caught the disciples' attention. Jesus, they stop in a certain place and they see this fig tree, and Jesus walks over to it, and there's nothing on the fig tree. The fig tree is barren. 
and he says something to it. He just says, nobody will ever eat fruit of you because it was barren. When they come back by the next day, they look and the tree has withered up. Now you can cut a tree down. And a lot of times the leaves will stay green for days. It's very seldom, even in the hot summertime, that something's going to be dried right up the very next day. And this really caught Peter's attention. He had enough sense to, to pay attention of things that were going on around him. And Jesus says some profound words to him and to the other disciples in answer to this question. And his answer was, have faith in God. Okay. Now, you would say, why in the world would he interject a statement like that have faith in God when it comes to this here fig tree. God will say things to you in your life with things when you face things that seem to go right on over your head. But if you can catch him what he's saying with your heart, he can get you to change things in your life by doing that. And he says... Have faith in God. Another translation in marginal notes, they say it like this right here. It says, have the faith of God. And you say, why in the world would Jesus say something like that? Have the faith of God. Let me have the faith of a baby. Let me have the faith of somebody else. But he didn't say that. He said, have the faith of God. And you say, well, that's impossible. How in, how in the world can somebody have the faith of God? Is that true? We think we, that's the way that the human mind thinks. How in the world can you have the faith of God? Well, it wasn't a strange concept with Jesus because he got it. It shouldn't be a, a strange thing for the church because we can get it. One of the things that we have to do is to go back to the beginning and to see the way that it was when man was created in the beginning. God took just like a great sculpture and he takes and he fashions Adam out of the dust of the ground or out of the clay. And he shapes him. If you've seen people that are sculptures or model makers, they, will take, they can take a lump of clay and make it look just like a hand. They can take a lump of clay and work with it until it looks just like a face. They can look at, take a lump of clay and they make it look just like a body, a leg, or a foot. But Jesus says that God did something that was greater than that. Not only is he a great sculpturer of clay, but he made him in, his, in the likeness of God and in his image. So at the same time he's shaping this thing, He's looking over at another part of the Godhead and he's shaping it just like him. And then he does something that is phenomenal. He takes his mouth and puts over his mouth and nose and breathes into him. 
I've seen things like this in movies, but this is just kind of a picture that I get. You see something that's lifeless and void, and when God breathed in it, you start seeing that dirt start changing colors of flesh. We think, well, he's made him like a man on the outside, but no, he made him like he made him like God on the inside also. Not only did that, did that clay start forming bones and muscles and tissue and organs and blood and nerves, all of these things, when God breathed into him, that's what he became. He became like God. Now, one of the pictures that we have to help us explain this and to see it is when God would come down in the cool of the evening, when man was in the garden, and they would walk together in the cool of the evening. And they would, they would talk and converse back and forth. That God would say something to Adam and Adam just... When, when God said it, he just got it. He just, he just called it. He just, he just believed it with his heart. And then something happened. This is where we see sin enter the picture or rebellion enter into the picture. And God tells Adam and Eve this statement. You know what the statement is? Says, he said, everything in the garden, he says, you can partake of it. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't partake of it. Because in the moment that you partake of it, he said, you'll surely die. Now the enemy will always say things like this. God didn't really mean that when he said it. He, that's what he told Eve. That's what he'll tell you. God didn't really mean that. That's not what he was really saying. You can tell it by everybody else is doing this, so it'll be all right if you do it too. But the things that God tells you not to do, if you do them, they will have an effect of cutting life source off inside of you. And you don't want that to happen in your life. Have faith in God. Now, the concept is this. When, when God breathed into Adam and he was created and made in the likeness and the image of God, there was a capacity that was in Adam to believe everything that God said. There was never an opportunity to doubt that what God was saying was wrong. And that's where fear and doubt slip in. You say, well, yeah, I know that's what the Bible says, but... Yeah, but we have a lot of buts. I guarantee you, you've had some today. But there is no buts. So let's qualify. Let's qualify that statement. There is no but with God, but a lot of times there's a but with us. And a lot of times that but's got to get out of the way so that we can see and believe what God says. But the concept was... It wasn't hard for Adam to believe that when God said something, that it was true. Have the faith of God, and this is the same concept for us today. If God says something, 
I believe that it's true. If I believe that it's true, I will act on it. I will go after it with all of my heart. I won't choke and I won't hold back. If I'm choking and holding back, there's something in me that's not all the way engaged. Now, for some of you mechanics, people that's mechanically inclined, I have tried to put things together before. Trying to line up a spline with a gear and try to slide the thing in, almost like putting a transmission. And there's all of these little parts there on the end of it. And if you don't get it just right, you can never get it to engage. You can sit there and you can beat your head against the side of that truck, but it won't make it go in. You can cuss it. You can get mad. You can get angry, and it still won't go in. It won't never go in until things get properly aligned. And once it gets in line, you'll say, and you say, how in the world that happened so easy? It happened just that easy because the alignment was right. And a lot of times we're trying to take and manipulate the Word of God to bend it around us instead of getting ourselves in line with it so that it can slide in. And when we get in connection with God, and allow it to work like it's designed to work. A word from God brings something up. It's faith in our heart. Because without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For those that come to Him must believe. What must we believe? We must believe that He is. And we live in a time now that people will say, There is no God. I don't believe that there is a God. Well, if there is no God, you can't come to Him. True? If you're going to come to God, you must believe that He is first. But that's not all that He said to believe. Not only believe that He is, but He's also a rewarder or He's a good God to them that diligently seek Him or seek or follow after Him. I have found out in 40-some years that it pays to follow after yes. God. And the more I connect with Him with my heart, the better things are. There's things that I see that I can't see any other way, and there's things that you will never see until you gauge, engage your heart that way. God's just as real as He was in the beginning. Jesus is just as real as he was 2,000 years ago. But our believing has something that's attached to it on the other side of it. Oh, if you'll reveal this to me, then I will believe. He says, no, you believe and then I'll reveal this to you. Amen? Now... Hear this, so this concept became becomes a little less foreign to us when it says have faith in God or have the God kind of faith, because in the beginning, when God breathed into Adam, he breathed himself into him, so he didn't have any kind of thing that was um, off the wall or it was just pure God. 
Adam was pure God. Why was he pure God? Because God breathed himself into him. So he, Adam became just like God. He didn't become God, God. He became like God. He was made in his likeness and in his image. There's a capacity in us when we're born again to become so godlike because everything, Jesus was called the second Adam. The first Adam fell, separated from God. The second Adam came and brought us back into fellowship with God. Everything that was undone with the first Adam, this is where you would have had doubt and unbelief and sin entered into the picture with the first Adam. Faith and believing entered into the picture through Jesus Christ, the second Adam. Amen. So in that statement, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith, God, he's really saying something here. He says, he says Peter, you've got this capacity within you. Have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God because it's in you. You say, well, if you just give it to me, then I will have it. He gave it to us. He gave it to us. You'll never condemn yourself into heaven. No. You'll never shame yourself into heaven. But you'll believe yourself into heaven. Oh, how in the world is all of this? How does the mechanics of all of this work? Do you like to know how something works? I saw something the other day and it blessed me so much. We live in a time now that people's got all of these little hand signs and gestures. Let me put my cool hat on so I can be cool for you today. <laughs> now, at the same time that I'm going to be cool, I want you to notice this. Now, pay attention to my hands. On this hand, how many fingers am I holding up? Three. three. Count with me. One, One two, two, three. On this hand, how many fingers am I holding up? One. Do you think there could be any kind of significance to this? Yeah. Three and one or one and three? Yeah. Could it have anything to do with ratio? Or if I just do this, will I just be cool? I'm cool before I do this or not. Okay. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Now I want us to catch what he's saying, some of what he's saying in the Word of God from this. Could these scriptures have anything to do with three and one or one and three? I believe that they do. Let's see if we can see it. Let's see if we can see it. But let's not just catch it with our head. Let's see if we can catch it with our heart. Because if we can catch it with our heart, it'll change everything in your life. It'll change everything in your life. It might not change it all at one time, but it'll change everything in your life. Can I, can I qualify a statement like that? How in the world 
Could something like this take place? If Jesus could speak to a fig tree and it would obey his words. Let's see what else he's talking to. Mark 11, verse number 23. Have faith in God is 22. Before you can do anything, if you're going to have the kingdom of God operating in your life, you've got to believe in God. You've got to believe that He is. And not only that He is, but He is a rewarder. He's a good God. To them who diligently seek Him. Will I seek Him diligently? Will I seek Him with all my heart? Will I follow after Him with all of my heart? 11, 23. For verily, Jesus is saying these words. Now, do you think Jesus knew anything about what he was talking about when he was on this earth? Oh, yeah. If you wanted to look at God, you look at Jesus. If you wanted to listen to God, you listen to Jesus. Because Jesus was God on the earth. And when he said something, we need to pay attention to what he was saying. Because if we can catch hear what he's saying. Now, hearing carried a different concept. It wasn't just that I'm hearing sounds, but I'm catching something with my heart. I'm hearing it with my heart. I'm hearing it with my inner man. I'm letting what he's saying get right on down to the very core of my being. If it just changes your mind, somebody else can come by and say, well, that's not the way that it is, and your mm -hmm. mind just changed again. Yeah. But if something changed your heart and got a hold of your heart, Amen. they can come by, and once you settle some things, they can take and talk till they're blue in the face and never change what you believe. Because what you believe is what you believe. Now he says, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever. Now, question is, who's he talking to? Let's see if we can <clears throat> qualify <clears throat> this statement of whosoever. Did he say, you 12 boys, if y'all could do this. He didn't say that. He said, Jesus said, this is just for the girls. No, he said, this is for whosoever. So, who would he be talking to? Whosoever. Anybody and everybody, anybody that would listen to what he said. So, if we would listen to what he had to say, he was talking to us. And he's got something to say. So, it's important that we've found out that he was inclusive in this statement. That he wasn't ostracizing certain groups and say, this won't work for you. He was saying, anybody who will believe, whosoever. So one of the things that we have to do for us in church today is to realize this. Take your hand and put it over your head. 
Say, I'm a whosoever. I'm a whosoever. So he's talking to me. He's talking to me. He's talking to me. Hey, say, now you put your hand down. Say, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. So Jesus is talking to who? Me. To me. Don't look at it. Well, he's talking to everybody else. No, 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 no. We just missed it. He's talking to me. He's talking to me. Now, what's he saying to me? Can I catch what he's saying to me? If I can catch what he's saying to me, I can have what he's saying to me. Has anybody ever said something to you that was good information It went right on over your head and you didn't catch it? Jesus can, this can be good information and if we don't catch it with our heart, it'll go right on over our head. Especially if we're not listening. Especially if we're not listening. And there's something inside of us that needs to be like this. When a word from Jesus comes by, I'm getting it with every, everything that's in me ought to be grabbing onto the things of God when they come my way. Amen. Don't let this thing slip by me. I've shared this before. I heard this a long time ago. That the, the Greeks depicted opportunity as a being that had a forelock of hair and shaved bald on the back. Now in this description, it was like this. When opportunity came your way at the forelock of hair, you could grab a hold of it. And you could hold on to it. But once it passed you by, it was shaved bald and you could grab all that you wanted and you'll never get a hold of it. Now, the whosoever here is who will listen to what he has to say. So I'm going to catch. I'm not going to let one word that God has to say. I'm not going to let it slip past me. I'm going to get it. I'm going to embrace it. So he says, who am, who am I talking to you? Who am I talking to? I'm talking to whosoever. Everybody that's in here is a whosoever. Everybody that's not in here is a whosoever. But he qualifies this. He says, And whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Now there's a lot of whosoever's, but there's not so many whosoever's that will talk to a mountain. Why? Because I've got more sense than to talk to a mountain. Oh, that's maybe the way that I think. And you know what I just said when I said that? You're smarter than God. You said it right on, you hit the nail right on the head, Ruth. You said it just exactly right. When I said, when you said that or I said that, I just said, I'm smarter than God. Now, on the scale, if you were going to measure you and God, who do you think is the smartest? But sometimes we exalt our thoughts above what he says. Everybody's got a chance to miss it at this one. But he says this here. Whosoever shall say, Unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. He shall have whatsoever he says. 
Now, let's see if we can do some math here. Let's see if we can work this ratio. Let's see if we can see this concept in the Word of God. If it's a concept that's not in the Word of God, you might as well throw it away because it ain't worth five cents. But if it's in the Word of God, then we need to pay attention to it. And a lot of times, God can be saying something to us and it go right on over our head and we just miss it. Did you know that Jesus stood right in front of the Pharisees and the other religious leaders and they didn't even realize that he was the Son of God? Did you know that God could speak words right into our ears and into our hearts and they still go right on over our heads? There's got to be something in us that wants to identify with the things of God and what he's saying. Now, I want you to notice with me. Back in verse number 23. Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, stick one finger up, say, unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Take the other hand and put up one finger. Have I got anybody in here that's ambidextrous? Who knows what ambidextrous means? Or you can hold both hands up at one time. You can do something with the right side of your body and do something at the left, with the left side of your body at the same time. So, right now we've got a, we've got a say on one side and we've got a believe on one side. But we're going to see how many times he says say in this particular verse of Scripture. Let me start it back since I'm getting you on the same page. Verily I say unto you, that's our first one, that whosoever shall say. How many says is that? That's two says. Unto this mountain. Oh, I can, can I talk to mountains? Yeah. Mountains represent problems. Re mountains represent something that's, that's in the way of, of what we need to see. And I've got a little story to share about this one in just a minute. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe. That's your believing. No, that's your believing, one, that one right there. That those things which he saith, that's your third. He shall, it shall come to pass that it, he shall, that it shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith. We've got three says or safe in there. Now, who's got your cool hat on? Now, with your cool hat on, you say, Where's your cool hat, This is one of those chances you'll get a chance to read it in church, to, hear, to do it in church. So take advantage of it. Let it make an impression on you. Diane.
all I got to believe it. All I got to do is believe. <clears throat> that's the concept that's in church. But that's not the concept that's in the Word of God. Now, I'm going to demonstrate this to you. But I'm going to tell you this little story first. When Tyler was a little fellow, we were going down to, we were going to Alabama. Sandy and I, and I, I looked when we got down close in Alabama, and it's pretty mountain country, and I said, Tyler, I said, look at that mountain, and he ain't no bigger than this, and he looks at me, and he says, Papa, I have seen trees before. Sometimes we can't see the mountain for the trees. We say things and miss the whole concept. God is saying something to us and he's saying to it right here in this particular passage of scripture. And the church world says, all I have to do is to believe. Now, I've been pretty strong about doing this. Who knows what I'm talking about? Not just stirring the pot, but mixing faith. Mm-hmm. Mixing faith. It's important that I mix faith. Now, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you from an illustration this morning something that's a little bit different. I got a stirring implement. I've got a stirring implement. Now. This is believing. And I thank God that through my believing, things are going to change. So I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to believe. Let's see if we can catch what Jesus was saying to his disciples. You remember three and one? You remember one and three? The one was the believing. believing. The three was the saying. So here's the picture. A lot of times we are great at believing something and not doing anything else. And we think that we've just been obedient to the Word of God. And we've been obedient to part of the Word of God, but we've not been obedient just in this one scripture. We've not been obedient to the whole thing that it was saying. Now, it's a must that we believe. Because it's impossible, it's impossible to please God if you don't believe that he is. And also believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Mm-hmm. So believing is paramount. Yeah. If not, I want to stir this, but I ain't got nothing to stir with. I only have something to stir with When I believe. Mm -hmm. But just because I believe. Still doesn't make things get stirred. Mm -hmm. 
or does it make things come to pass? Jesus said, now let me ask, ask this question. Do you think that Jesus knew what he was talking about? If Jesus knew what he was talking about, then it would be important for me to listen to what Jesus had to say. Do you believe that? Jesus said that it was important to believe. In fact, he said, believe, have the God kind of faith, or have faith in God. And if you've got faith in God, you've got your, your, your thinking in the right, in the right vein. But just because you've got your thinking in the right vein doesn't mean that you've done what he said to bring something to pass. He said, whosoever would say to the mountain. Now, this is believing. What is this? Saying. Saying or stirring or mixing faith. How do I mix faith with what I believe? I take this believing and I start doing what he says. I start saying what he says. Now catch this. A lot of times what will happen is we will say everything else except for what God says. Mm -hmm. And then we want what God has for us, but we don't never want to bring our mouth in line with what he's saying. But it's a must that I bring my mouth. Why is it that I've got to get my mouth in line with what he's saying? How many remember this little song? You need bones connected to your thigh bone. Your thigh bones connected to your hip bone. Let me tell you, your heart bone's connected to your mouth bone. Your heart bone's connected to your mouth bone. Your heart bone's connected to your mouth bone. Your heart bone's connected to your believing bone. Three in one. Three in one. And he's saying here, believing is paramount. You've got to believe. Because if you don't believe, you won't even try to engage with God to change something in your life. Something that you're facing, something that you're dealing with. You think that you just got to do all of this on your own. And you became your own God. But he said that whosoever shall say, Unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. I would encourage you to do something when you leave here today during the course of the day. Find this passage of Scripture and look at it over and over and over. Don't just look at it over and over and over, but say what it says over and over and over because there's something that He wants us to get. And that's not just the information of it. He wants us to get the revelation of it. 
that something becomes alive and something lights up, that the light bulb comes on in our heart and we catch what He said. Because we're great at doing this. I believe you, God. God's got this. I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to... I'm just going to stand here and I'm going to hold on to this until it comes to pass. And you know what? You may be holding on to that until you're old and gray-headed and still not come to pass because just believing doesn't get the job done. Believing accompanied with something else or putting... James said it like this, faith without works is dead. And he said that I shall have whatsoever I say. So, my saying needs to be engaged with my believing. It's like, this is my believing, this is my saying. Can you see the two of them working together? Can you see both of these things working together? Now, not believing something and just saying it's just like going around in circles. I'm stirring something up, but I ain't stirring nothing up. Ain't nothing happening. My saying needs to be connected to what I am believing. Amen. I need to be speaking what I'm believing. Amen. This goes in with that I'm believing what God says. This is all based on what's coming out of my mouth needs to be tied in with what God is saying. Amen. Because how many times you notice, have you noticed in your own life you're always talking your problem rather than your answer? Amen. And if you're talking your problem rather than your answer... You'll never have nothing but your problem. Why? Because I'm saying the wrong thing. I'm believing the wrong thing. Or my believing is being I'm reinforced. I'm believing the wrong thing. I'm trying to believe one thing in my mind, but I'm really believing something else in my heart. And you're... Mouth is not connected to your mind bone. Your mouth connected to your heart bone. A woman don't want to hear from a man, I love you, and it just be empty words. If Johnny tells you he loves you, he want, you, want to, you want to feel those words that he says. And he, he just do something and he said, I love you. You want to smack him upside the head with this thing right here. Because there's no real emotion that's tied to it. You want to, you want to feel from his heart. I love you. <laughs> Nobody don't want to be smacked up in the head. But we don't we don't want no cheap counterfeit. That's right. At the same time. Amen. Do you know God don't want no cheap counterfeit Amen. from us? That's why he says that diligently seek him. Now, this is my believing. This is my saying.
this is my cool stance. This is my cool stance. One part was what? Believing. Believing. Three parts was saying. Who said that? Jesus. Jesus. Did Jesus know what he was talking about? Yes. Oh, this may be a new concept to us. But just take it that Jesus is smarter than you are. He was able to get a fig tree to wither up from the root. He's telling you and me how we can move a mountain. But I, I don't think you can do that to move a mountain. You know what? Your mountain won't never move. First thing you got to do is believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And he said, if I would believe it with my heart and say it with my mouth. Now, there's something that qualifies that. You've got to find out what God says Amen. in the equation yes. and just mimic what he's saying. This is the way that it was with Adam in the very beginning. God said something and he believed it and he just said what God said. That wasn't a strange concept. It shouldn't be a strange concept for us. But we listen to everything else and everybody else instead of listening to God. And God says something, and it sounds foreign to us. But when God said something, he believed in it enough that he recorded it in his word. Mm -hmm. He recorded it in his word. He spoke it so that it could be recorded. It was recorded so that it could be spoken. Mm -hmm. That my believing and my saying is on the same page with, with what God says. Amen. Do this one time with me in closing. Yeah, I see it, I see it, I see it. I was looking for this and I saw this. I'm going to believe what he says. I'm going to say what he says. How much more saying am I going to have tied in on top of my believing? Three times. Three times. Three times. Stand with me. Jesus. I believe your words are true. I believe that your words are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. I think and I believe that there's things that you want to reveal to me. There's things that you want to show me. There's things that you want me to walk in. So I set myself in position and in agreement that I will listen to you and I will listen to you and what you have to say so that mountains that are in my life will be moved. Will be moved in my life. Things that have hidden you from me
will be removed and I will see you because I believe that you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. And I believe with all my heart that you are. And today, I reach out to you with my heart. And I say to you, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Live in me. Make me a new creature. I want to live for you. I want to follow after you with all of my heart, with all of my being. I want this gospel to be working in my life. I want my life to be a living testimony of the goodness and the greatness of God. Thank you, Lord, for speaking these words into my life. I believe them, and I say them after you. I repeat them after you. I speak your blessing on each and every one of us as we go. Thank you for the opportunity to gather in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.